guys, welcome to HR Secrets. My name is Selena and I'm here with my partner, Teresa. This year, HRSA has started a podcast series where we explore the different trends in HR and provide students with more information on the HR industry. For this month's podcast episode, the theme is HR empowerment and engagement. We are pleased to have Howie Outerbridge, the Managing Director of Logan HR, to join us on speaking about this topic. So Hallie, could you please introduce yourself and your role at Logan HR? Of course. Uh, thank you, uh, Teresa. It's great to be here today. Um, so I'll, I'll introduce myself. So I am a, uh, the managing director here at Logan HR. Uh, I am a certified counselor and executive coach and have spent uh, many, many, many months as a student at SFU. In fact, at one point, I I did the math and I, I, it added up to over 200 months uh, of being a student at SFU. So if you do the math on that, you'll quickly understand that uh, I have an addiction to learning and I'm uh, an engaged student for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I live on the North Shore with my wife and my 12 year old daughter. We've got an 80 pound dog. I'm an avid outdoors person, cycling, uh, mountain biking, et cetera. And um, I'm working in the field of, of human resources, even though I have no formal training in HR. So there's hope for people out there. HR is a great field that way, you bet. So Logan, I'll just, yeah, maybe you asked about my role here at Logan. So really as the managing director, uh, when the phone rings and an organization is looking for help, um, typically with uh, something relating to their people, staffing, et cetera, um, that's where I'll come in. And my role is to figure out a solution with them. Uh, often it involves um, involving one of our consultants who has deep expertise in compensation, um, OD, um, outplacement, et cetera. So that's my role here at Logan. Thank you for that. And as a managing director, what is the best method you've done or heard to engage empowerment or engagement in the company? This could be engagement with employees or client relationships. Sure. Okay. Um, well, I think with uh, I'll start with the easy one with client relationships, engaging our, our, our buyers, so to speak, really comes down to just being, um, being innovative in the solutions we provide. Uh, being very responsive. So, you know, when people call us, they have an issue that that is top of mind for them. And uh, it's quite stressful for them often. So for us to get back to them right away, to bring information that is uh, relevant. Um, and just, you know, again, just to be that consummate professional where you're, you're on time, you're uh, responsive, and you're, um, you are really putting them at the, at the top of, of, uh, of, what's going on on your desk. <laughs> so absolutely, people, are, our customers really, uh, they, they appreciate that and they, uh, they expect that as a buyer of, of consulting services. Um, you know, the question around engaging employees is a really interesting one. And, you know, I had the opportunity to uh, sit on a panel a while ago with um, my wife and also um, a, a guy named Greg Smith, who's the co-founder and CEO at Thinkific. And we were talking about this very topic, right? How do you engage um, your employees? And what was interesting was that the, the, the common thread with, with Greg and my wife, Marcy, was that um, uh, it was just immediate immediacy with staff, um, building um, opportunities for staff to have direct contact with senior leaders and being transparent with those and regular with those communications. So for, um, for Greg, for example, it was a, a morning, uh, 15 minute um, 
scrum, they call it sometimes, or, or, or meeting, right? So that's going to be happening on Zoom now, or maybe it's going to happen in a park or in a socially distanced way. Um, my wife, who um, pre-COVID was, um, you know, in an office with 10 people, open concept, there was always a sort of a direct line of sight. And that's a little bit different now, right? Using Zoom, et cetera. But I think, um, again, at the heart of it, engagement is really having employees feel like they're, they're listened to. Um, and that's the same for engaging our, our, our client base as well. Perfect. Thank you. So like you mentioned that you studied at SFU for quite a lengthy time and your journey to reach your current position is also quite lengthy with many diverse experiences from career management to managing director as of today. Um, was there a turning point in your life that has led you to what you do now? Sure. You know, and, and there, there have been two really that I am um, thinking about your questions. Um, the first was uh, organic chemistry. So I know in any, any discipline in, in university, right, there's always this one course that is impossible. And, uh, you know, in, in um, science, it's organic chemistry. For me, it was anyway. So I um, coming to, coming to that, uh, that course and, and uh, after the third time, I did make it through the third time, but um, it, it was a real turning point for me because it made me realize that, you know, being uh, pursuing a career in science or in um, in uh, being a physician, a medical doctor was just not in my cards. So that that actually led me into education and to working in the high school um, system for a while, um, which eventually led me back to, to counseling and into the university setting. So so organic chemistry was one of those crossroads. Um, the other was actually. Um, uh, being made redundant, right? So my position at UBC was eliminated uh, in 2011 after a large um, audit of st student affairs portfolio. So there were several roles across campus that were that were uh, basically eliminated and mine was one of them. So that actually was a real uh, important crossroads because it, it led me to human resources consulting and to human capital consulting. Uh, before then, I actually didn't really know that you know outplacement or that um, career transition services like logan provides really existed until i was kind of thrust into the market so it certainly makes me um understand the work that we do which is you know working with with organizations when they let people go um, a lot of people right now of course because of COVID, have been let go and my my experience helps me empathize with them um, yeah, I've actually been through it twice. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, those are the two things. Um, I would just, last thing I would just add is was mentorship along the way really helped me, uh, kind of helped me make sense of when I came to those crossroads. So having people uh, like university profs, um, people in the community, uh, people that co coworkers that I that I reported to uh, was a really uh, good good thing to have. And how would encouraging empowerment and engagement in a company? have sufficient return on investment for a company to implement? And has it changed since the start of the pandemic? Yeah, I, I would say, um, so I did a, you know, pulled some, some research on this. And one of, the, uh, one of the things that I pulled was a, a case study that was conducted by an automotive fuel cell company that um, they built coaching into their culture. And we know that coaching is a um, one of the, the outcomes of coaching is engagement and empowerment. So when we look at how, like by the numbers, what the return on engagement was for this company, uh, and I wrote about this in, in an article that's on my LinkedIn profile, if anyone's interested, 
Um, but the, um, so really by, by embedding coaching into the fabric of the company, they decreased employee turnover by 48%, which was a, almost a, a million dollar USD annual savings. Um, they um, reduced uh, employee relationship issues by 50%, and they uh, tabulated that as $160,000 US um, annual savings. Um, they were also um, able to significantly improve the leadership culture, and that was a 161% increase, which also contributed to general in employee engagement and uh, empowerment. So. Um, what's interesting is that when you look at the application of coaching and using coaching to, to build, and actually interesting enough, the coaching was um, the beachhead of the whole coaching uh, initiative was human resources department, of course. So, um, but COVID, right? COVID has changed things slightly, but um, not, not significantly. In fact, what we're seeing in our, and I'm seeing this in my coaching practice is that people are much more um, open to coaching on Zoom and on the phone. They don't need face-to-face -face coaching in order for them to feel empowered or engaged. So I would say that um, the delivery of, a, of a, uh, an application like coaching to build employee engagement and, and um, empowerment hasn't changed with, with COVID. Thank you. Um, it's great that you mentioned your article. So the next question is about your article. Um, for our viewers, um, Howie wrote an article for People Talk and it's called The Decade Ahead, Commuting to Lifelong Learning. And in this article, Howie mentioned that one should never stop learning. So during these times, are there any other methods that one should not fall behind learning other than those mentioned in the article? Um, the article mentioned lynda.com, college, university, or in the Institute of Technology. Yeah, this is a big, this is a big part of, of who I am as a, as a professional is, is never stop learning. And um, I actually just went back to school again. <laughs> Can't believe my wife let me. Uh, the doctorate almost killed us as a family, but uh, I was able to convince her to let me go back to school again. So I, I did a, a um, it was a 10 month uh, Royal Roads coaching uh, program. So um, yeah, and you know, I'm getting close to 50, right? So um, the idea of never stop, never stopping and looking at what are skills that are um, in demand in the market uh, and pers pursuing those, keeping them sharp, et cetera. So, I mean, there's a couple of examples, right? Of university courses and, and, and things and, and um, credentials that you can obtain that will always be there um, after your name. But yeah, you're referencing, you know, just the whole concept of learning though, right? So um, in the article, I talk about uh, bleeding the motorcycle brakes, right? And um, uh, eight of us, we rode motorcycles down to, to Mexico last year to the southern tip of Baja. And in, pre in preparing for that trip, I had to learn everything about a motorcycle, right? And learn to take it apart and put it back together again. And I did that by using uh, Google and YouTube. So there are a lot of things... Um, so when I, when I come up against those kinds of mechanical problems now in life, um, like this weekend, I was installing um, light fixtures in our house. Those skills served me in good stead. So I was able to have the confidence to take apart you know, electrical boxes and such. So if we apply the same concept to professionals, it, the same thing, right? So by learning how to learn and always trying to keep those skills sharp. And when you get stuck with an Excel pivot table, to be able to find the solution on your own will serve you in good stead when um, somebody calls me and has a, a human resources uh, problem 
that I don't know the answer to right away, but I know how to find that answer and how to build a solution. So yeah, I would say never stop learning. Um, you know, don't feel like you're too old, uh, that, that you are too old or uh, this buy-in, like once you leave university, you'll never go back, right? It's just, that's not the way that it works today. Okay, thank you for that. And as you previously mentioned, um, there is an increase in unemployment due to COVID-19. And knowing that the, um, it is still essential to have encouragement in the industry, what other methods would you use to encourage seekers to continue on their journey to find a job when they might feel hopeless? So this is work that we do um, every day in our firm. And, you know, I mentioned in my introduction, I'm a certified counselor and coach. So I, I do a lot of frontline work with, with people. Um, we know that, uh, you know, the unemployment rate is essentially double what it was in January. So it's 10.7% um, today, and it was 5.5% in January. Um, that's not reflective of all segments of the population. And, and we know that university-aged individuals um, are, there's a higher percentage of unemployment in, in, in people like yourself. So um, yeah, we know that it's taking people longer to land jobs. We know that there are more people in the market and fewer roles. So it's easy for people to get, um, yeah, to, to, to get down or to get, to get frustrated. So our approach and, and my pro approach professionally is to really sort of, you know, set the facts um, right at the very beginning. So look, this is gonna take you longer than it normally would. Um, so think of it more as a marathon than a sprint. Um, you know, I try to, I'm a, bit of a, I'm a bit of a positive guy. So I like to embed uh, stories of people that have landed or stories of people that are actively interviewing right now so that people know that, yeah, people are being hired and, and offer letters are coming in even during, um, during COVID time. So, so yeah, there's a little bit of a balance between being an optimist with my clients, but also being a realist as well. So not, um, I would never wanna sort of tell them something that isn't true. And what we know is that it's taking people longer to find, find work right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so last question that we have, um, because you have so many insights um, that you probably couldn't share during this short period, what is the best way to contact you uh, if our viewers would like to reach out? I would encourage anybody to, to stay in touch on LinkedIn. So um, feel free to use the platform to message me or to connect. Um, all of my articles are there if you're interested. I know they're a lot easier, they're easier reading than say an econ textbook or you know business case studies. So nice light reading for you all. But yeah, on LinkedIn is the best way. Yes, for sure. And his article is also on his LinkedIn, um, the one that we mentioned in the previous questions. Um, so this concludes our first podcast episode. Thank you so much, Howie, for your time and insights on HR empowerment and engagement. I hope all of you have a great day and don't forget to follow our social media for our next podcast episode.